Live from the Business Radio X studio inside Renaissance Bank, the bank that specializes in understanding you. It's time for North Fulton Business Radio. And hello again, everyone. Welcome to another edition of North Fulton Business Radio. I'm John Ray, and folks, we're broadcasting from inside Renaissance Bank on beautiful Windward Parkway in Alpharetta. Uh, speaking of Renaissance Bank, did you know that Renaissance has been voted the best bank in Georgia by Forbes magazine? I think the reason that's happened is because Renaissance big enough to handle pretty, mu- pretty much any need you can throw at them with your business, small enough to do it in a personal way. And um, again, that's what I found throughout my own experience. So if you're looking for that combination of, uh, of uh, qualities, go check them out. RenaissanceBank.com and go to see one of their local offices. Give them a call, and I think you'll be glad you did. Renaissance Bank, understanding you, member FDIC. And now I want to welcome Deborah Forrest. Deborah is uh, president and principal with Forrest Consulting and Associates. Deborah, welcome. Thank you for having me, John. Good to be here. Yeah, it's a pleasure having you. So uh, tell us a little bit about you and and, uh, Forest Consulting, how you serving folks out there. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, I come from a, uh, I'm a former commercial appraiser turned commercial real estate broker. And um, I, you know, developed my own, opened my own commercial real estate brokerage firm. Uh, We are an emerging firm, been in operation for a little bit less than a year now. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I, when I designed this business, I designed it with a little bit of a twist to it than your traditional uh, brokerage company that most people are most familiar with. And it really just comes from that background of being an appraiser for so long. I'm more analytical in nature. So my focus for business and for my company is to help business owners um, create long-term value in their business as well as help commercial investors create long-term value, of course, for their business. So we take more of a holistic or comprehensive approach uh, to helping clients. I can see how your valuation uh, background would be extraordinarily valuable uh, when it comes to helping me as a as an investor by real estate, let's say. Uh, give us some further thoughts on that. Dig into that a little more on what, what – what that experience brings for you as you serve your clients. Well, absolutely. Um, like I said, I come from uh, appraiser background and I uh, specialize actually in um, retail developments and proposed shopping centers. So in doing that, I've, you know, developed um, a nature for really digging into leases and the value that is created in commercial real estate when it comes to leasing up multi-tenant properties. So I used to work for a company that managed national retail portfolios for um, national tenants that had their spaces or restaurants located inside of mall food courts, as well as large um, anchored shopping centers. So I used to dig into these very lengthy leases and calculating parata share uh, for those tenants, um, so when I got more so into the commercial appraising, I quickly became the commercial specialist or the retail specialist for that company. 
So then I'm doing your DCF analysis a lot, and I'm able to really dig into these uh, leases that would get turned over, you know, to me. Um, so there was a lot that I did as an appraiser in that um, in valuing these multi-tenant properties and proposed developments and having to do the projections and the market analysis. And so I was really drawn to that. I really liked that a lot. But at that time, most of the uh, clients that I did this work for were lenders uh, and underwriters. And so in doing a lot of this analysis, I would see issues with the with the properties, but I couldn't tell the investors. I couldn't talk to the investors. I couldn't talk to anyone because they were not my clients. Right. Um, so right. I really wanted to be on the front end of that to help investors uh, as well as, you know, uh, property owners become more proactive in their nature and to be able to share problems that I was seeing because during the recession the last time I saw a lot of properties uh, that went underwater that could have been prevented. So, right. Um, so timing uh, is, is really key in investing. Well, timing and sharp eyes. <laughs> I think that's what you're saying. You've, yes. got, you've got sharp eyes. Yes, uh, I have Deborah. an eye for detail. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> certain. Yeah, give, give me, I mean, you don't have to mention names and the specific situation, of course, uh, that people can identify, but give an example of maybe an issue that you saw on a property where it really, uh, you wish you could have passed on the 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 real news on that. <laughs> Uh, some that I, I saw where there was like a shopping center, for instance, uh-huh. and there were leases in place uh, where these the rents were escalating at, at an absorbent amount um, for a while. But the tenant mix that was in the shopping centers, it I saw how that could be a challenge to some of those businesses that were in there. And over the long term, how are they going to really be able to keep up? Mm. Uh, so especially for those types of businesses that really didn't operate that much in e-commerce. Uh, so it, it was, it was a lot of what I saw was not the right tenant mix mm-hmm. going into some of these shopping centers. If you wanted to create a uh, greater value for it or not getting that lease structure uh, right, because there were some, some ways that you could have structured those leases to create more value for yourself, but as well as help create quality businesses and tenants in your shopping center. So it's kind of a win-win situation when you're looking at the whole, you know, kit and caboodle. Yeah, for sure. And and uh, that, that's where those analytics, yes. uh, that analytics uh, skill that you have comes in. Um, let, let's, I mean, I'm, I'm really kind of tired of bringing this up and you're probably tired of answering it. The, 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 the pandemic, the effect of the pandemic on, uh, the commercial real estate, uh, environment in this area. Yes. Well, I, I think what a lot of people, uh, yes, it's a very common question, uh, that brokers get today. And, mm-hmm. and I certainly get my fair share of that question, but the first thing I do is help, uh, people to understand is that the pandemic doesn't directly impact commercial real estate or commercial properties, but what it impacted was the businesses. Um, so it, it impacts consumer behavior. It impacted social and political uh, influences. Mm-hmm. And so it was really a macroeconomic issue 
that got passed down to the state level. And then a lot of the state officials passed it down to the individual businesses to determine how they were going to handle the pandemic. And we've all seen a lot of those issues that that ended up being created. And I think because of that, we're in this in this mode where the pandemic is lasting longer or having a longer term effect or having effects eventually or ultimately on these different properties uh, in a way that if it would have been handled better early on, a lot of these businesses wouldn't be struggling with the types of issues that they're struggling with now, such as, you know, employment and staffing or, you know, customers or shopping behaviors, not wanting to cooperate with, you know, those uh, owners that have decided, hey, you know, if you want to shop here, we need you to put this on (laughs) (laughs) or vice versa. So it can constrain, um, it can constrain demand for the businesses uh, at your property. So, and as well as office, everybody's familiar also with, with the office tenants or employees not wanting to come back to work. So I see a lot of office um, business are struggling with getting employees back and trying to come up with different ways to get their employees to want to come back to work. So it's those kind of things that are changing the dynamics of how uh, business owners and as well as property owners, how they're going to think about how to lease that space or how to buy and sell properties going forward you know, so yep, yeah, it's kind of taken on a life of its own. The pandemic has, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, boy, isn't that the truth? Um, uh, Deborah Forrest is with us, folks, and uh, she's a commercial real estate expert. She has her own firm, uh, Forrest Consulting and Associates. You know, Deborah, you said something there that uh, uh, sparked something for me, uh, particularly when you talked about how important it is to kind of look ahead at the. Uh, viability of your tenants. So if you're buying an office building uh, in, in, or looking at buying one, is it, do you, are you able to, and do you dig enough under the hood with some of those tenants to see, are their employees really coming back? And if, you know, and if they aren't, that may be, that may be a lease that gets broken down the road, right? Well, you have to be careful about that because you have a legal contract that Mm -hmm. you can't just back out of. Uh, So it just really depends upon the terms of that agreement, you know, that is in that lease. So if, if an office tenant is struggling uh, with bringing back employees or operating their business, and again, just like with retail office is the same way. It depends on the quality of tenant that you have in there Mm -hmm. and some have enough cash reserve uh, that can carry them through hardships and hard times. But the smaller, you know, tenants or the smaller operators may not have that extra reserve. And so if someone is struggling to pay their rent or not getting it paid on time, then the landlord, it's it's good to go talk to that tenant to see if there is a way to resolve this. How is their business doing? What does it look like going forward? And if it is, you know, worth being able to, hang in there with that tenant a little bit longer. But if it looks like their business may not be, uh, you know, on the upswing of things and including their industry as mm-hmm. well, because a lot of business industry is kind of uh, falling 
uh, down or declining as well. So you really want to take a look at that to see if it's something with that particular tenant or if it is something going on in their industry that may indicate this may not be uh, the best tenant going forward. And so, you know, if they're coming up on renewal, um, that can be an option right there for you to be able to go ahead and release the, the, the tenant if you need to. Yeah, sure. Sure. So let's, let's, I guess, talk about this from a buyer's perspective and then a seller's perspective. So okay. uh, we're kind of talking about buyers, potential buyers. So let's, let's go there. What, you know, what are some common concerns that buyers have now? Uh, what, what are those concerns are justified and what, and what aren't mm-hmm. right. Yes. Um, and, and how do you address those? That's easy. Okay. <laughs> Buyers' com- biggest concern today, especially, is pricing. Mm. You know, what is this worth? What should I pay for it? They're they're fearful fearful of overpaying for a property, and especially if it is a multi tenant type property, mm-hmm. uh, you really want to know. Especially in today's time, it it's challenging to come up with those projections in the future, and so. You really want to dig down into the types of tenants that's coming into your space, be it retail or be it office, uh, to see, again, what are the strengths of those business? What are, what is happening with those industries? Mm-hmm. Is technology taking over their industry a lot? What is the strength of the, the tenants coming in? Because you have to create these, these leases uh, right. going in. Uh, and also... What kind of escalations can you do today? Mm-hmm. So depending on the type of property that they're buying and where it's located and the potential of the tenants to be able to take on those rent escalations. And then what's the demand of uh, future tenants today that's going to be coming into your your property? But if you are a uh, if, if you're a business that's looking to buy mm-hmm. real estate, you really I would say you want to just make sure that you are, that you're operating a business, especially if you're a new business or you're just opening up your second location, making sure that your business is bringing in the types of revenues that will be able to take on all that occupancy cost that's coming in because real estate expenses, whereas whether it's a lease or it's a mortgage, is usually the largest expense that you're going to have next to your salaries and employment. Employees, yeah. Yeah, so you really want to make sure that you you get that right. I Recently, I helped uh, a client crunch numbers uh, for a retail space, and, and, and they discovered that uh, their projections, their net cash flow was actually going to fall below on a square foot basis Uh-oh. what they were actually going to be paying for. It. So it's like, stop there. You're not ready to buy. Go back to the drawing board and re- rethink this. And then that's kind of the different approach that I bring to my business, to my brokerage. So folks, before you sign that co- commercial real estate lease, you better call Deborah. Um, Deborah Forrest is with us. And she is with Forest Consulting, uh, commercial real estate uh, brokerage and other services. Um, so that's a, a, a an awfully um, well needed service that you offer because uh, help helping a business owner crunch the numbers. Yes. To to make sure that there's future viability, uh, it, I would imagine that's not something that a lot of commercial real estate uh, 
representatives would be doing. Is that right? Or am I wrong about that or what? You are very correct in doing that. And that's why I say we take a comprehensive approach to it. So for me, it's not just about helping someone buy a property or sell a property or lease a property. It really is about long-term success for that business owner or for that investor. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I come from helping to create value and that's what I love to do. I love to help people see value. And so I do spend extra time with clients in working those numbers. And if I see clients that, have come to me to to uh, for help in leasing space, for instance. But I see their business isn't ready for that because a lot of businesses fail in the first year and within the first five years. And a lot of that is geared towards they have not done their numbers. They have not crunched their numbers. And a lot of them bring me business plans where their numbers are just not accurate or it hasn't accounted for the main things that they need to pay attention to that could, if they were proactive about it, mm-hmm. it could really save them a lot of headaches down, down the line and from struggling to pay that expensive rent or to pay that ex- expensive mortgage note right? each month. So, yeah, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, so let's talk about from the seller side. Yes. So what do sellers need to think about? What, and, and what are some of the things that, that a lot of sellers may be missing as they try to sell their properties? Uh, everybody is still concerned with pricing and what investors or what the sellers are doing. They don't want to sell a property for less than what they paid for it, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so depending upon what is going on with properties now, again, I go back to office and the retail properties. A lot of people read about the multifamily and the industrial and a lot of other brokers will will talk about that. So uh, I, I want to drive home um, these other issues that that you know, a, a bit more problematic right now, if you will. So for sellers, if, if there's sellers of a retail property, uh, a multi-tenant retail property, if it's a net lease, it's easier to, to sell it if you have a long-term lease on that. So I will talk about multi-tenant uh, sellers uh, from the retail and office perspective. Because you have retail and office you know, business that are struggling a little bit more or may be struggling uh, because the pandemic is still ongoing. And and according to what it has done over the last couple of years, depending on where those leases are, again, timing is everything. So when they purchase those properties, what was the forecast at that time? And where is that property? How is that property performing now in terms of what it was when they first started out. Mm -hmm. So is that property operating on target with where you had planned for it to be? Is it operating above? Is it operating below? What I can see is going on. You may have to make a decision. It may not be the right time for you to sell it. You might need to do a couple of things first, Mm -hmm. you know, that I would suggest before you sell it, unless you have to sell it Mm -hmm. and need to sell it or, um, in terms also of if it is a development project, for instance, uh, a lot of times one of the biggest things that I see, too, that they may get wrong is when they have uh, speculative tenants and 
a lot of those will be like five-year lease terms, right? So when they come up on their exit strategy, maybe 10 years down, or even if it's five years down, you will have a lot of these leases that are expiring around the same time. Mm. And so when it comes time to do a valuation on those, the valuation may look not as promising, even though it may be a good property, and so you really need to, to I've learned a lot of people look at the final numbers in appraisal reports, but if it was a good appraisal, there's a lot of very good information in there that you should pay attention to. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, I mean, if you've got the right appraiser, they're going to help guide in terms of yes. uh, where to augment your value, right? There is a lot of goodies in there. So I, I think for sellers, a lot of times, it may be selling at the wrong time, mm. getting that timing wrong. Do you suggest getting regular, regular easy for me to say, <laughs> regular appraisals? It depends upon the purpose mm-hmm. that you're, you're needing it for. If it is an investment property where there are multiple leases, then absolutely, because you really want to make sure that you're maximizing the value that you can get out of that property. And how do you know that if you're not managing it, if you're not regularly doing valuations on it to see, once again, if you're on target for your exit or has the property fallen below Uh, what your target exit is. And if it has, why is that? Is it because of management? Is it because something is going on in the market? Is it something that you can control or something that you can do differently? Because you can't just increase tenants' rent, you know, out of your way, out of the problem. Right. Um, So it could be some things that you could be, you know, doing wrong. So, but yes, to be able to make sure that you're maximizing um, what you're doing, you need to know that. But an appraisal may not always be the solution for that because appraisals can be expensive. And if you're needing to keep up with evaluation on a quarterly basis, who wants to pay for an appraisal, you know, every quarter? Oh, yeah. You know, especially yeah. if you don't, if you're a smaller business or something like that or smaller property, you don't have that kind of expense to mm-hmm. be able to do that. So, you know, having an analyst or having someone to manage that valuation to make sure you're maximizing it's well worth your dollars. Yeah. It, yeah. it produces more dollars. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see that for sure. Yeah. Um, so let, let's talk about this uh, whole issue from the tenant's point of view. You do tenant representation yeah. um, and uh, talk about tenants and what they need to think about as they uh, look at a new lease, renew a lease, uh, and how you help in that regard. Oh, that is such a good question. Um, I have learned, and I did not realize this, you know, from an appraiser perspective, but there are a lot of tenants that go out there and sign leases without representation. And a lot of them are not familiar with the different types of leases and the different terms Mm. equated in leases because the lease itself is not going to tell you what kind of lease it is. You hear people talk about all the time, you know, this is a net lease, this is a double net lease or triple net, uh, but many of them have not heard of absolute net leases. 
And this is where you can end up paying for a lot of things. And the landlord pays for almost nothing because these expenses get passed through to the tenants. Mm. Well, if you don't have a tenant representation, they're not. The tenants usually aren't reading all of that small Oh, come print. on. I'm, I'm shocked to hear that. I, I, I thought business owners read every, every paragraph of those leases. Yes. <laughs> but they find themselves in trouble down the line. And it's right. like you don't have a problem until you have a problem. And they discover all these monthly expenses that they're responsible for. Uh, so I would get people that would come to me all the time or have me look at their leases and they're like, I'm paying so much and what can I do about it? Well, I, I you know, it's a bit too late now, you know, yeah. <laughs> you should have come to me or found me before. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's why I started this, this business as well. So I can help people to really understand these, but a lease is not going to tell you what kind of lease it is, but you really do need to know what you're signing before you're signing it. And then these leases, uh, if you're signing a landlord's lease, it it's, it's uh, filled with clauses for their protection. Mm-hmm. And there may not be clauses in there to protect the tenant per se. So you need a tenant representative to let you know uh, what kind of protection you need in the leases for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And one of the things I heard uh, along the way uh, from uh, an attorney is uh, multiple attorneys actually <laughs> is whoever uh, writes the agreement has the advantage. Yes. And <laughs> you, tenants don't write the uh, agreements, so you, I mean, tenants you have to know that right ahead All of time. Right. It, it, that that uh, uh, landlord is well represented on and with a with a, a uh, lease. Yes. That is weighted toward their direction. So yes. you, you better have somebody uh, like you, Deborah, that knows what's going on and, and uh, has the patience to read through that, right? Yes. Um, so I guess um, as we close here, one of the things I wanted to get to is real estate taxes. That's an area of ex- <laughs> expertise for you. Uh, you've got a, a, a pretty significant background there. Talk about that. A piece of the pie in terms of operating expenses and how you help business owners with that piece? Uh, sure. Um, real estate taxes, uh, again, is one of the uh, largest operating expenses for a lot of businesses and property owners. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a lot of different tax strategies that are available. There are incentives for you at the beginning when you're purchasing property, how you're purchasing a property. Uh, your money is really made when you purchase a property and how you're purchasing it. So there are some tax advantages that you'll need to know about so that when you're acquiring property, your accountant can handle those things. But in terms of property taxes um, and depreciation, <laughs> um, which I help clients with that, but I do outsource that part of the of, uh, engineering-based cost segregation. But mm-hmm. my background in a, a tax appeals, I have served as a hearing officer uh, over presiding over property tax appeals, um, predominantly in Fulton County for over eight years. And I'm retired from that uh, right now, though I'm still registered and, and licensed for it. But there are 
it is a huge expense that I see a lot of companies do not take advantage of it. The mm-hmm. corporations take advantage of it. Sure. But a lot of smaller business uh, owners and property owners do not take advantage of that. And that is a lot of money that you can be leaving on the table, especially if that assessment is overvalued. Mm. And I think a lot of people have the misconception that if they lowered the fair market value, uh, the assessment on their property, that it also lowers the uh, value of their property if they put it on the market. And that is not necessarily the case. Uh, You're trying to make sure that your property is not overvalued. And when your property uh, assessment is lower, it actually increases your net operating income. So one thing you want to make sure is that you are not overpaying your fair share of property taxes. And it's only an advantage to to check into that and to make sure that you are paying the right amount on, on, on your property or that it is assessed fairly. Sure. Deborah Forrest, folks. Uh, wow, what great information. Uh, I could keep going, uh, but uh, Deborah, we need to let you go and get uh, go help uh, uh, some paying clients. Uh, but for those that uh, would like to be in touch, would like to know more information, um, maybe you've uh, hit on something that, that sparks <laughs> The, uh, sparks a need, um, yes. how can folks be in touch with you? Very simple. Um, I have a website at Forest Consulting uh, and Associates. That's abbreviated. It is uh, Forest with two R's, F-O-R-R-E-S-T-C-O-N-S-U-L-T-I-N-G-A-S-S-O-C.com. You can fill out my contact form there. You can email for info at forestconsultingassoc.com um, to get more uh, information and reach out to me that way for anything that you need. I realize a lot of people are looking for information today and yeah. just need someone to kind of talk to and consult. So I'll be more than happy to do, to do that. For sure. Deborah Forrest, folks, uh, with Forest Consulting and Associates. Deborah, this has been fun and informative. <laughs> Uh, a good combination. So thank you so much. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you so much for having me, John. It's It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you. Hey, folks, just a, a quick reminder. If you want a unique way to do some team building work with uh, your group that maybe you're coming back to the office and you're trying to figure out uh, uh, something unique that nobody's ever done before, here's the suggestion. Call ANS Culinary Concepts, Executive Chef Andrew Traub. Now, I know right now you're thinking that can't be what I mean. And yes, it is what I mean, because actually you you won't believe the kind of events that Andrew and his team can put together and the kind of team building you can do when you're standing around a table, seasoning meat, and cutting up vegetables and cooking together. It's a lot of fun. And uh, it's a great evening, great afternoon. It's something I would encourage you to uh, find out more about. 678-336-9196. Andrew's Culinary Studio is located in beautiful Johns Creek on Jones Jones Bridge Road. And um, call him, find out more. I think you'll be glad you did. And folks, just a quick reminder that North Fulton Business Radio is on all the major Podcast apps, North Fulton Business Radio, of course, is the search term. We would love it 
if you would subscribe to the show, if you're not already and share the show, um, that's how we get found. And it's frankly not about me or business radio X. It's about our great guests. We want them to be found, uh, guests like Deborah who do great work and, uh, we want them to be found. That's the reason we do this show It's to highlight them and celebrate them. So if you could help us out in that regard by sharing the show, we would appreciate it. So for my guest, Deborah Forrest, I'm John Ray. Join us next time here on North Fulton Business Radio. 